That's awesome. Yeah. So you, so, you, so you live close to Knox Mountain. Do you climb Knox Mountain a lot? No, I don't. I just uh, walk on the flat because um, my idea is I want to live to be 120 and I want my knees mm. for that journey. Yes. <laughs> these are important. I want to keep them. Yes. And there's such a good walk-in in Kelowna there. Like you can walk any direction pretty much, eh? Oh, I, I love my neighborhood. I know the cats. I know what new flowers are blooming. You know, I, I know people by name and it's, uh, it's like a village. It really is. It is. It's a nice area. I love coming yeah. by your house. It's awesome. You have such don't, a don't tell anybody. Nobody's listening. <laughs> but here, let, let me introduce you so I can hand it off to you and you can do your uh, talk here. Okay. So, uh, please welcome Sheree Hansen of Spiritual Counseling. <clears throat> Her talk today is High Vibration Benefits. Make a plan. And Sheree is a psychic intuitive, a life coach, academic, artist, writer, light worker. Her channel has helped her transform lives, teach how to raise client signature vibration, and how to transform the body. All is one, all is energy. There is nothing to fear. Her channel has helped her transform lives, teach clients how to raise their signature vibration, and transform their bodies. All is one, all is energy. There is nothing to fear. And so very true. And you're one of the smartest people I know. Oh, <laughs> you're just brilliant. So educated and so uh, knowledgeable and always, always uh, reading and gaining more knowledge all the time. So you are definitely a role model for me. So I appreciate you and all that oh. you do. So I'll, I'll back out now and let you take the uh, lead here. Well, the first thing I want to say, Shauna, is I appreciate you as well, giving oh. us a structure. You're, you're like the house that protects us so that we are in a place where we can grow, where we can see one another, we're more open to seeing one another. And I have to say to the other uh, light workers, the other adventurers on this journey, that I'm really impressed with your presentations and your mm -hmm. dedication to learning and to get out there and heal people. Amazing. So that's the first part. Now I'm gonna take you down. <laughs> We're going down first, so warning you. Uh, this is the book that I wrote with uh, poems in it. I was on a retreat with Gabor Mate and uh, talked to him about my life experience. And he said, you need to write a poetry book about that. So I did. I'm going to start with the first poem and then I'm going to get into my talk. So buckle up. Totem child. Father flat beneath a slab in California, I am told, only rumors. It is never spoken. I wear him in my body. Never say it, nameless shaman. Bruised decoratively, hidden in my crib, my bed from eyes, from schools, waiting for the fading and bone deep his jewelry. A neck ring restricts my turning vision, the vertebrae tattooed with cracks. The fury of his hands pulled my sections one from another, separating self from self. I left myself for him. 
The strength of his hand strangled me from form, jerking my body backwards, incapable of doing any more than going limp, watching my own trailing helpless legs and arms along the childhood hallways. As if an afterthought, my collarbone out of line, unattended under four year clothing, a healed shard sticks up defiantly. My restructured nose, asymmetrically sculpted to his fist, remade me in the image of his own abuse, his father's touch along his young boy's body. I was totem molded to his vehemence, rigid in an unsafe crib, a baby listening for my creator's steps coming to convert me to his uses, his passing presence marked in x-rays as puzzled doctors hold me up to light. And uh, that was published in the University of Toronto Women's Studies magazine, uh, which was dealing with women's issues. I came into this life on purpose. Looking back over my 77 and a half years on the earth, I see what seemed like chaos now all makes sense to me. I had been born to learn how to manage life, how to have the kind of knowledge and experience that would combine my psychic skills with a deep understanding of and empathy with the suffering of others. I don't just listen with sympathy when I coach clients. I have experienced so much cruelty and fear that I immediately connect with what others have experienced. By the time I got to school, it was blatantly obvious that I was different. I knew what I was experiencing at home was extreme. The abuse began when I was 17 months old and my father returned from war. His psychiatric diagnosis was that he was a psychopath and he moved so quickly between six personalities that I became a hyper alert toddler. One personality was a frightened child and another was a viciously angry, violent adult man. My mother had borderline personality disorder and did little to protect me from broken bones and various other types of assaults. It left me hollow, adrift in a universe where I didn't know who I was or how to love myself. I was lost. Because of the stories my body held, I disconnected from it. I didn't want to know, I didn't want to feel. Work became my addiction. Intellectual pursuits gave me moments of delight. I drove myself hard as all work addicts do. I entered university at 17 and earned two degrees in three years. I put in 70 hour work weeks for years running ahead of the emptiness inside, trying to distract myself from the constant howling of grief. And then the refusal to connect to my body took me down. I was diagnosed with cancer and multiple operations. And next I was attacked by rheumatoid arthritis. It was at this point in my journey 
as a 58-year-old woman that I simply surrendered. I didn't know how to live. I didn't know how to care for myself. And so I began to use my gift as an intellectual to study, to read, to understand, to figure it out, to go to counseling, to seek wiser people. I wanted to know how the mind works. Where are our thoughts coming from? What familial imprinting had done to my subconscious, to my body, to limit my perceived choices? I learned how addiction shortens dopamine receptors in family lines. A great grandfather who was an alcoholic could have affected my ability to feel pleasure in my life. I read study after study about the inherited narrative passed down through the generations. I could read the energy and pain in others from the time I was four years old, and I can remember it very clearly. As a classroom teacher, my knowing actually prevented a school shooting. I didn't know the two people involved, but I could feel it, and I reported it to the office. I read people easily, and what I saw, their scars, they never frightened me. It never made me feel personally attacked to see what other people were going through. I could feel the pull to move toward another person who is struggling in chaos. The door to the rest of my life began with an intensive onoponopono practice. I sat down every day for months releasing my easy hatred of the three abusers in my family. I stuck with it until I could see each person as a three or four year old child having their hearts broken by their caretakers. And I surrendered my part of the story. It was then I turned toward myself with a depth of kindness and love I had never experienced from others before. I began habits of honoring myself, of listening to my body. And when grief came up, Thich Nhat Hanh told me I needed to sit down with it and hold it as if it were my baby. And I began to comfort these moments where my baby was crying. It was then everything shifted. Unlooked for benefits came into my life. When I had my yearly panel of tests when I was 60, I was functioning, the doctor told me with a big grin on his face as if I were a 50 year old. Year after year, the results changed. I became healthier. My bone mass density improved to what it is today, that of a 20-year-old. My cholesterol became healthier. Every test I was given showed a steady increment of improving to the profile of a younger person until last summer, <laughs> the doctor called and said I was reading as a 30-year-old and sent me all of my tests to prove it. I had not gone after that as the goal or worked diligently towards some ideal. I simply learned 
how to stop cutting my body off, how to con <laughs> connect with my body in a way that calmed me down. And I began to feel how secure and warm the nest of my physical existence could be. My skills as a psychic medium improved when I settled down and stopped playing the old story. I came out of the closet as a psychic medium and shared my gifts with others and no longer felt hesitant to tell people messages that were arriving. To give you some examples of this, when I went to York, a city of York, I was in an Airbnb and I was walking down the hallway of this place I had never been before. I hadn't met the hosts. And walking next to me on my left-hand side was a 20-something tall, thin, very pale, black-haired man, ghost. <laughs> And he was so happy and he walked all the way from the bathroom up the stairs back to my room with me. Later, I went downstairs and talked to the hosts. It was the first time I had met them. And I said to them, do you have ghosts in your house? And they both got very quiet because ghosts don't sell an Airbnb to most, most of the public. <laughs> And they said, no, uh, no, no, uh, why? And I said to them, I had just had this experience of a young, happy man walking down the hallway next to me and I described him. And they said, oh, that's our son. He killed himself on this day two years ago. So, uh, I was able to tell them that he was very happy and satisfied. And I realized later he showed up next to me so that I could tell them. Um, I had, I have uh, a channel that comes in to me. Uh, I was hanging the laundry one day and one of my friends, uh, I got a message said, oh, she's worried about her second son that's in trouble. He's in pain. So I got a hold of her and I said, what's going on? Your second son is in pain. And she said, he just fell out of a tree and broke his leg. We're in the hospital waiting. Another instance was I saw someone I don't know very well in a wheelchair. She, uh, her husband reached out to me and said, what are, you, what are you seeing about my wife? And I said, oh, she's in a wheelchair, but she's gonna be okay. Um, so these validating movements uh, were coming into me and giving me more and more confidence that I did have the skills, the wisdom and the life experience to help people. When I was clearing houses for a while, um, I always knew I would go into a room and it would be very heavy and dark. And I said to the owner, there's something in here you need to get rid of. It's just dragging you down. And she pointed to a vase that was sitting on a desk and she said, oh, where is it that vase? And I went over, I said, oh yeah. And she said, oh, that's, those are the ashes of my dead son. And I'm going like, I think you really need to not have it in your bedroom. <laughs> so examples of that. Um, when I do a reading, the thing I've come to trust is 
it's remote. I don't know the person. I don't want to know the person. I don't look them up. I don't want a conversation. I do what I call a flyover, which means that I just imagine them and sort of astral travel over them and then pick up information like um, the guides that are dead helpers that are behind them I see what they look like I get the energy of the person I can see where their pain is um, I can feel in my body where their physical illness is I will actually feel it in my body if they have a physical problem and all of these things are all there most of my life but because I did this work on myself I wasn't hiding anymore I wasn't in a place where I was trying to look normal or uh, not be in a place where people can judge me. So I just grew as a psychic medium and I grew healthier. Um, I wanna share with you some of the uh, letters that I've gotten from people I've done readings for. This is a woman who is, uh, you know, I read for her when she was first in Toronto and then she moved to India and we, I did remote readings. I've been talking to Cherie for the last many years and I cannot describe how much her counseling has helped me become a stronger version of me. She is wise, compassionate and extremely knowledgeable in her field. I highly recommend her to you, as I have to so many people in my life. Another one, Sheree is a very wise, kind, and compassionate spiritual teacher and has helped me immensely with my personal growth. She deeply cares about her clients' well-being and is committed to helping. And one of the things that I, <laughs> I have to do is I will do a paid reading, but if the person gets in the weeds, if they're experiencing trouble in their lives, I encourage them to text me because um, this is not a case of spending some time with somebody and then constantly charging them for help. If they need a quick read or a suggestion, I just let them text me and I answer it. Another one. I have never had a more clear reading. Cherie gave it to me straight and didn't hold back. She helped me with realization and gave me the tools to help me process what I needed to do. I feel that I can breathe again. I was drawn to Cherie at the right time. Another one. Um, I had a spiritual counseling session with Cherie almost two years ago, and to this day, I am continuously resonating with the journey and discovering new insights. I highly recommend bringing a notebook because, you know, I am fast and I've got a lot of stuff coming at you. It's kind of like space debris, wisdom. <laughs> um, uh, it had proven so useful to be back and visit the notes again every time I read them. I find new pieces of a puzzle that went previously unnoticed, which align with my current goals. Shuri is a gifted and wise intuitive. She has been one of my most treasured guides for years and is always the voice of clarity when I need it. And the last one, <laughs> 
Cherie is a wonderful, very intuitive counselor and has become wise and insightful through her life experiences on her own journey. She does not hold back and tells it like it is. Good for those who truly wish to participate in their healing, which is the only way to heal. Thank you, Cherie, for your insight, love, and for challenging me to evolve. So these are some of the um, clients that I have helped. Uh, my process is very interesting. I came across it just through all of the various experiences I have had. I have learned to trust. I have learned to trust my body. I have learned to trust my channel to trust the voice that is coming to me, telling me what to do next. And I have learned to trust when I am seeing something in a client to say it. I'm not in a place where I'm trying to make nice or create a product. And the main thing that I think I offer as a life coach is everything <laughs> in the, in the area of domains, fitness, health, um, ways to move past the damage that you carry from your childhood, uh, the assaults on your self-esteem. Um, and and I'm, I'm in a hurry. I'm in a hurry for my clients because I have so often seen people who are coaches or counselors or something, asking you to sign up for session after session after session. And that is not the way I work. The way I work is, let's get her done. <laughs> if you know what I'm saying, let's get her done. So we make up a plan with my client and we, I talk to them about how habits work, how neurons are laid down, how you're pushing back against your family story. I have spent 11 years reading obsessively about how family systems DNA um, works in our epigenetics. And I am an example of how you can get past that. So what I offer to my clients is encouragement. Yes, it happened. Yes, it was horrendous. All right. Now let's make a plan. And um, I deeply care about the people that I am counseling. Um, I, you know, I'm kind of in their face about issues. If I see that it's gonna cost them something physically or emotionally, I will push and say, do you really want this? If you don't, let's make a plan. And one of the things that I learned from Gabor Mate um, when I was on retreats with him was the five question idea. Um, he taught me that we have to pay attention to the body. The body is the first radar that something is wrong. So connecting to your body, you ask the question, body, what are you feeling right now? The next question is, where are you feeling it? So you'll check a body sweep with a breath to find out where you're holding that. And the next question is, 
what triggered you? And then you start to trace it back. I, I always visualize this like you're, you're going along this rope and tracing it back to under the age of seven, before you had words and you had this massive onslaught of trauma um, and it's being triggered. So our goal in our lives is to figure out what triggered it and how was it just like our childhood? How is this just like what happened to us when we were very young? And then the next question is, can I let it go? Or do I need to sit down and hold that grief and hold on to it? Um, I'm just gonna go through the last little bit here very quickly. Um, I learned whatever as a clearing process. I imagined the Heathers and Reese Witherspoon being seriously blonde. While I am not a hair tosser, I can picture the hair flip, the purse lifts, the shoulders rising and shaking off, anything just not desired that might be piercing there. The eyes rolling in a way that minimize the narrative. It wasn't so easy for me from the first before I was born, you know, that Buddhist cone who were you before your mother and father met you? Before I was born, when I was just part of this spirit soup floating in the decision room, the headquarters where the contact was drawn up, I made a choice. I wanted to learn. I wanted to experience it. Give me the lessons, I said. I signed up for a double PhD because I was voracious about learning. And so I was born to a psychopath, my dark haired father with his muscled out arms and legs, my mother who had a fractured self. At some point in my father's past, he was traumatized so severely that he wasn't a, even one person. Not everyone learns to run in the night as their father stands on the porch with a loaded German Luger. Perhaps that's why I don't like jogging so much. I also learned how to take myself from this place of trauma and injury and chaos and calm myself down. The nightmares were a really good sign for me. I used to wake up screaming every single night. And once I began my journey of following the grief, finding out where it came from, making myself strong and whole and healthy. I learned to sleep. And now I have sometimes as much as two hours of REM sleep a night. So this is what I say to people. I say to people, if you're being triggered, stop. Check your body. Find out what it comes from in your childhood. And once you see that, you can start building habits that make you feel safe with you. Feel safe in your own presence and stop trying to be something. Stop pretending stop hiding your shame, stop telling your negative stories, and just get to a place where you feel 
so at home with yourself, with your own body. And that's the goal that um, as I grew and settled into myself, I realized what a gift I had given myself by walking this path. I became a stronger channel. I learned deep compassion as I came to understand the trauma that people carry in their bodies. Everybody, every person on the earth is walking around with wounds. And my place, my role in life is to find a way to love them by not creating the story that I am a victim. I sat with Gabor Mate, with Duncan Grady, with shamans in Peru, with women energy workers in Nelson, and I read and I read and I read. For three months, I retreated with um, meditation and stayed quiet in my house. Now when I sit facing a client, someone whom I am coaching, I can think to myself, yes, I have been there. I have been abused. I've been terrified. I have been addicted. I have been suicidal. I have been locked into ill health and deep despair. And when I sit facing a client, I'm not imagining their story. I have lived it. And it makes me more compassionate. It makes me a person who knows absolutely that you can get beyond your trauma drama. I did. They can walk away shrugging their shoulders. And what they say about their old story is whatever. <laughs> and that is me. Um, I don't know how much time I have left, Shauna, but if there are any questions. Um, uh, you have till one twenty. Okay, so um, the, next, the next thing that I wanna impress on people is this idea that the vibration that you live at actually protects you. Um, I heard a, a psychic medium one day talk about the different experiences of reality that each of us has. She says, imagine you're swimming or you're in a lake. And if you have a low vibration, your reality is that you're down in the mud and there's a seaweed and there are creatures brushing up against you. If you think about what a catfish looks like, uh, they're, they're just, just kind of terrifying and murky and dark and low energy. If you're in a low energy place, what you do is you walk out into the world and that's what you see. You see the low energy place that you're living in. Now, as you become wiser, and this is what I say all the time to my clients, it's between you and you, baby. That's it. What's your relationship to yourself? How do you feel about yourself? How are you taking care of yourself? Do you feel joy and do you feel secure with yourself? Or are you making unmindful choices that actually frighten your body? So as you move up, you get to a place where it's kind of murky and there aren't so many monsters. 
But the people who are able to consciously step-by-step step with a plan, raise their vibration to the top of the water, they're saying to the people who are down with monsters, you know, they're, oh, they're monsters. I can't see anything. It's horrible. And they're up there going like, I'm just laying on my back and, you know, there's a blue sky overhead and I'm not having to struggle. And what we do is we actually create another reality for ourselves, And the benefits are amazing because you have better relationships, you're kinder, you're healthier, you feel more optimistic about every single thing you see. And you are actually now in a place where you are creating a reality that serves you. And the goal, there are two goals in life as far as I can see. The first goal is to be who you're meant to be. And that, that means not trying to fit into anything. Each one of us is totally different from one another. Our goal is to get back to your soul signature personality that's full of joy in your own particular style, in your own particular way. And the second, I think the second saddest thing about people who live in a low vibration place, as I did for, um, like I say, 58 years, block themselves from loving. There is the worst feeling in the world when you go out into the world and you see somebody and you feel anger, competition, hatred, fear uh, as you look at that person because you're hurting your own heart. We feel so good when we're loving people. We feel so good when we're, we're bringing a flower to a friend or smiling at somebody or doing something that is compassionate and kind. And we feel so awful about ourselves when we're hating. So this is the big challenge right now with the whole COVID and, you know, the pushback, the fear. I'm a victim. I have to fight. And the ultimate damage, and it, it, you can see it in people, is that they really want to love. They really want to go out into the world full-hearted and just look at another person and see the good in them and see how beautiful they are. And so one of the practices that I engage in is I stop in front of my front door before I go out. And I say to myself, I go out the door with compassion. I go out the door with love. I go out the door with the intention of finding the beauty in other people. And that doesn't mean they have to agree with me or look like me or any of the, the things we do to protect ourselves from being abused again, as we were in our childhood. We have this, this taint, and we know this from the study of how the brain works. 97% of our thoughts 
come from our subconscious mind and they come from under the age of seven before we had words. So we are going out the door with our own swords or semi-automatic weapons ready to defend ourselves against something that's done. It already happened. It's in your childhood. So stop fighting it. And when you get to a place where you can make your own ritual for keeping yourself in a place of love and compassion by taking care of yourself. Because if I'm safe with me, <laughs> if I know I'm safe with me, then my body is going to heal overnight if I get a burn, which it does. I had uh, bone surgery. I had, um, you know, my part of my jaw cut out, part of my gums. I only needed a painkiller for one day. My body heals like crazy. And the reason it does is because I know what I need to do in life is love. And I'm not going to let myself be hijacked by fear, competition, by trying to control everybody else. That was a story in the past. So five questions, be in your body, figure out what you're feeling, where you're being triggered, trace it back to your childhood. I'll tell you a very quick story <laughs> about how wonderful this is. Uh, I was in a place where a bunch of people were gathered and a woman came in and uh, she was dressed very beautifully and swished around and sort of interrupted people and, you know, was like, oh, look at me. And I was like an instant monster. I was like, I turned into a dragon woman. I could, flames were coming out. And I said to myself, what is going on? And so I checked, I traced it back down to my childhood and I go, oh my God, it's my mother. <laughs> so I could let it go. It was just my mother. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> that was wonderful. I know you make such a huge difference in people's lives and it's so appreciated, Sheree. I'm really content with um, being in a place where I have so many skills that can help people. Like I didn't know, I didn't know how to use everything that I was before. But like I say, 77 and a half. I think it's about time. <laughs> so glad. I'm so glad you're embracing it and stuff. Uh, should we let Rochelle in? Sure. Okay. Let's get let's get Rochelle to join the party here. Hello. Okay. Am I upside down? Let me see. Uh, this. Sideways. It's sideways. <laughs> hey, it's good. It's good. It's good, right? It's all right. Hopefully, hopefully this is all happening live. And, and it's uh, all happening live, yes. I love it. Well, you know, <laughs> they don't call me an 